The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I see the I see the fun. The Diary of Jeff Kirkman I seem fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast, episode 259. I'm going to record this in a few parts. You won't even know because of the seamless editing. But what I'm telling you is that this part, these words coming out of my mouth right now, I am in San Francisco in my hotel room. Uh, and so episode 259. Oh, my God. Right now, right now. Going on right now is a 30% off sale on my merchandise store at T Public. So this is, it's kind of a long address. So here's how you go. How's how about you do it? You go to my Twitter at Jen Kirkman. Or you go to my I Seem Fun Twitter at I Seem Fun Podcast. Or you go to the Facebook.com slash I Seem Fun Podcast. And, uh, oh no, that's not there. Sorry. Um, those are the two places you go. And you can click the link. Or jenkirkman.com, click shop. I forgot that I put it on my website. Hello. So it's a pre-Black Friday sale, 30% off everything. We have so many fun things. I mean, you could get like a onesie for your friend. Like if you want to be the cool friend and that gets your friend a onesie that says, I hate fun. I mean, how cute is that? There's girls will be girls t-shirts. That's our bestseller. There's so many different styles of every kind of t-shirt. And these aren't like your crappy normal merchandise stuff. Like I bought a bunch of them and I've been wearing them on stage and I love them. And uh, get a mug that says over 40. I love all my merchandise. So go, go shop 30% off. Do your shopping early. There's some cool, fun stuff there. And I have feminist AF pillows, and girls will be girls pillows, and they're black and white, and I got some for my home office, and they look cool as fuck. Okay, great. So thank you, everyone who lives in Sacramento and San Francisco, who came to my shows this past weekend. 
my God, I had a blast. I was really anxious, not like feeling anxiety in my body or like panicking, but I was like in that sort of meh, you know, like the fires are really upsetting me and I'm not even in them, but I was so sad that like Thousand Oaks, then Malibu, then Paradise, California, then it, it just, it's so upsetting and it's so scary and it's so you know, climate change is here and it's real. And I've never seen California be so dry. Yes, it is a desert, but there was always at least two months of rain. And I'm talking like monsoon rain where your car just turns into a boat because the the water is so deep, you know, and I used to think that was weird. But now it's just, it just stresses me out. It just stresses me out. It makes me feel sad. Of course, there's something that happens to to the air when fires are burning, even if they're not. Oh, and then Los Feliz caught on fire. So I was surrounded by fire. Not I couldn't see it. It was just smoke everywhere. And you know, it hurts to breathe, and you just feel tired, and it it just zaps you of all life force. It it really depresses you. And in those times, I like to say, well, then it's time to hibernate. And I like to get under my cute little fuzzy blanket. Ooh, ooh, shout out to the woman. I forget your name, but you tweeted at me that uh, you're on a budge, but you did buy yourself a cozy fuzzy blanket and it looks great. And I hope you feel good doing that because again, people, you got to have things that feel good. You know, you got to treat that inner kid in you. You got to get a fuzzy blanket that makes you feel comforted. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I'm not for adult infantilization where you're playing video games every second, but getting in touch with soothing yourself because the world is so fucked up that you should have a fuzzy blanket, a furry, fake fur, you know, just snuggle up everybody, snuggle up. So that's what I wanted to do is I wanted to snuggle up this weekend, but I couldn't because I booked gigs and that's why... I remember the downside of touring is that you pick a date and you don't know what will be going on that date in that city. And a lot of times it's stuff that if you canceled, the club or venue would think you were a complete asshole and they probably wouldn't have you back again. And also you lose money. So it's like, oh, I was counting on that money that, you know, people who run their own businesses, uh, they understand what I'm talking about. It's the bottom lines, people. So... I was like, but I'm not in the mood. I'm not in the mood to fly. Like, I know I wasn't flying into the fires, but to fly and be surrounded by all the smoke and to, you know, have my asthma, which I have, and then to get on stage and use my breath. It's just like, I don't want to. And I'm depressed. You know, I've been able to try to do good things for people and try to live my best life and try to stay positive and focused and keep up with the news and tell the truth and do the things. And sometimes I can just shut my feelings down so that I can get through it. Like intellectually, I have anger at things. I'm like, I'm so mad at this administration or whatever. But the fires really, I don't know, there was something about it. Obviously, I felt that way when there were hurricanes and floods and everything too, but I wasn't physically there. So it didn't physically affect me. This time... I just got really sad and I did a lot of crying. I also, um, it was a, a hormonal period week, so there could be that too. But I felt just, you know what I honestly felt? Is this the end? Is this the end? I mean, climate change is here and it's going to get really bad in the next 10 to 40 years. Well, that's the last years of my life. So it, is it just going to be as I grow into an elderly 
person just destruction and health problems because of the destruction and fear. It seems so sad and unfair. How's this episode so far? Is this fun? New listeners, welcome. But this is what it is. You know, it's not a, uh, it's a comedian's podcast. It's not always comedy. Of course, there are funny things that happen. But, you know, so it's like, it just, I just got a little, a moment of despair. And this is where I thank fucking God I don't have kids. I know you guys with kids say kids give you hope and they take the focus off you. And I get that. I can take the focus off myself in two seconds, but I don't want to have to explain this to children. I just don't, you know, and kids know things. I'll definitely just start eating when I'm podcasting. Is that professional? I mean, it's bad enough. I'm bumming everyone out. But at the same time, I've never seen people come together more as a community, you know. Um, We're all in some kind of post-traumatic stress disorder. We're all, our nerves are shot every second. And I actually see people taking really good care of each other. And I'm, I'm literally about to cry. I am so emotional this week. Like, man, I can't explain it. I'm just raw. I'm just fucking raw. You know, and I... I feel so gaslit by this fucking president. This isn't when I wish Hillary won tears. This is, this man is evil. And this is not a political stance. Of course, I don't agree with his politics. But this, it just feels like a comic book level evil. It's so upsetting. I'm so angry. And he's turning people into big meanies. That's all, that's all I can say. It's really gets into our souls. It gets into our cells. Like we have a tyrannical father figure running this place, you know, and we are all the kids. We are all the kids hiding in fear. You know, it is just, oh God, it's so much. It's so much sometimes. So that's why when I put my fucking tree up in October, you know, I really can't believe there's still people out there who say, ain't too early, put it up in July. I mean, whatever you can do, you know, um, oh, I just, whatever, but being at the show. So now here's the other thing that's funny, maybe not that funny, but so anyway, everyone at the shows, when they come up to me and hug me after, I mean, people, I can't hold your awkwardness for you. Like I'm selling things at a table. I got We got to move. It's a business. But of course, I'm always game to take a picture and give a hug. Like I want to do that, you know. And again, um, completely capitalist reasons, right? You'll post about it. People will be like, it's fun to go to Jen's shows. I'll go to her show and I can continue being a touring comic. But of course, it does mean something to me when you guys tell me what the show meant to you. It, it keeps me going. It keeps me going, okay, well, this is the right path. But when you come up to me and say, I'm so nervous. I don't know what to say. It's like, then I have to calm you down. Then we're wasting time. Just like fucking be nervous and do it anyway. You know what I mean? I'm just a, a person for fuck's sake. and not even famous. So it's like calm. Everyone calm down. But um, but I appreciate that there is uh, nervousness sometimes. But just so many nice hugs and so many people coming up to me after the shows this weekend that it really does feel good. And I... I um, I really, I know the the lines have to rush along because there there was turnover for the next show and this and that, and then I have to go into the office and get paid. So it's it's never ideal. It's not like we're gonna hang out, but 
trust me, I, I take it back to the room with me and I just think about it and it, it's so beautiful and it's so appreciated. And I am going to go back on tour this year. And really one of the big reasons I never wasn't going to tour, but I thought maybe my numbers were going down because I felt like there was a dip in audience after my second Netflix special. But what was just so weird is that like (laughs) it took people like a year to find it. And then people are finding the new one. So just being on Netflix and just have it, having it sit there as I go about my life is like more and more people are finding me. So it's really cool that I don't ever think, I don't think I can predict the patterns anymore of why people are coming to my shows or why they're not. So I'm not going to give up on touring. I never was, but I was just going to like try to keep it to a minimum. But this year I want to go everywhere. And especially when Louis came back on stage after his nine months of, I don't know what he was doing, but that he hasn't apologized to anybody. Not uh, He apologized to me personally, but that he hasn't done like, I don't know. I'm just disappointed in all the conversations about let the men come back. Their lives are ruined. It's like, mm, shut up. You know, I'm more concerned with women comics whose lives never got to that level of fame because, you know, we're just still learning as a culture to find women funny. And so I'm concerned with myself. And when I heard he's going to be a voice out there again, I'm like, fuck it. I got to put my voice out there. No fucking way. Am I just going to like sit and only do like showbiz writing jobs? Like I am getting out on that goddamn road because this is what I was meant to do. Um, The only thing is, is it's just been such a harrowing year that I haven't really thought of too much new material. I mean, we'll see how it goes. A lot of the cities I'm hitting this year haven't seen the material I did last year. So I think it'll be good. I think we're going to be fine. But, uh, oh, man. Oh, man. So, yeah. So join my newsletter, jenkirkman.com. Click tour. I've changed it to tour. I don't know why it was this long thing, tour-dates. I redid my website myself a little bit. So, But I'll tell you, um, I'm going to go to like more secondary markets like your Champaign, Illinois, and your Kansas City. But I'm doing all that like more spring and summer. um, And that's going to be coming out later. And I'll hit Canada. But what I do know is happening is um, January, February, March. You can expect me in Portland, Oregon, Dallas, and Phoenix, and uh, Chicago. So go, go join my newsletter. Now you'll be the first to know about tickets anyway. Okay. So I get to Sacramento and I'm like, holy a sheet. Cause it's 60 miles from that town paradise that burned down. And <clears throat> you can hear my voice. I got off the plane. I got outside. It is, you're just breathing in smoke. It's as though you're sitting in front of a fireplace and you have your head inside of it. It's just that. And so I did buy these masks at Lowe's hardware store before I went to Sacramento. I took a quick flight there. And I was like, I I have to put the mask on. Not so that I could breathe better, but I felt like I was definitely breathing in particles. So I'm wearing my mask (laughs) <laughs> waiting for the rental car shuttle. And I was so shy about it. The, the shuttle would pull up and I would take my mask off really quick. Like, oh, I wasn't wearing a mask or anything. I don't know why. I, I used to wear those other kind of masks, like more, um, like you see like little old Asian ladies always wear them at airports because they've got the right fucking idea. 
it keeps germs away. I used to wear those all the time on long distance flights during cold and flu season. Just like keep your germs out of my nose and mouth, right? So, but I don't know why I felt a little shy about it. I didn't want people to think I was overreacting. Why at this age do I care if people think I'm overreacting when the other risk is I'm probably getting particles in my lungs. Let's make sure to not get them in there because I was reading about if the air quality, it goes by this number system and if it's above 180, then that means you are doing, you are getting things in your lungs that will do stuff over time and eventually kill you. So I did that and I did wonder what, why do I do this? Why didn't I cancel? But I think it would have been something where people would have felt like, okay, calm down. So sorry, I'm just all, <clears throat> I'm wearing my mask. Then I get in the rental car. It looks like Armageddon. It's 3 p.m., but it looks like what I imagine post-nuclear war. The sky is just gray and white, not just the sky, like from bottom to top. You know what I mean? From the ground to, there's just, it's a weird color I've never seen. There's wind blowing. The sun is red in the sky. It's fucking insane looking. It looks like just the aftermath of a nuclear winter. And everyone's just acting like everything's normal, which in one way I appreciate, right? Because the human spirit, we can't all be sitting there crying and screaming. And the, the person who works at the rental car place has to do his job. But the complete oblivion was disturbing to me. You know, like the same small talk was still happening. And I was like, we're still doing small talk while we burn? Oh, no. This is worse than the fires. And I'm sure that anyone would agree with me. I'm just kidding. Um, and so, yeah. Hey, what brings you to Sacramento? Oh, a work thing. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Hope you have a great day. Would do anything fun tonight? I'm like, um... Our land is on fire and our president hates our state, even though half of it voted for him. And he wants to cut federal funding. I mean, not that he's going to. And I'm, I can't breathe. Uh, you're asking me if I'm doing anything fun tonight. Even if I am, it's covered in a cloud of smoke. So I get in the car. He's showing me all the things. I said, this smoke is crazy, huh? He goes, yeah, there's some fires up north. I'm like, Okay, good good talk. Um, I didn't, okay. So then when I'm checking into the rental car place, the woman there, hi, how was your flight? And she's so peppy and hyper. And I was like, it was fine. I said I was really relieved that there wasn't turbulence. For some reason, I thought because of the fires, there'd be turbulence. I don't really understand how that works. But I thought maybe because I kept hearing about these winds, these winds. So I thought it'd be windy. And she's like, oh, well, the fires are 60 miles away. I'm like, no, I understand that. But I don't know if you've noticed outside it's covered in ash. <laughs> she was like, mm. she's like, what are you drinking? And I'm like holding this bottle of like, it's five calories and it's like watermelon flavored water. And I go, oh, I don't know. And she goes, looks like you've never had one before. And I said, I'm sorry, are you looking at my reservation? Cause I'm kind of late. She goes, oh, I'll, oh, okay. If you want me to do that. She acted like, oh, do you want me to look up your reservation? Like as though I was kind of being rude, like, oh, sorry, if you don't want to chat, if you want me to, I mean, people are getting off airplanes. They have things on their mind. Their phone is turning on for the first time in an hour. They're returning calls. They're going to their next thing. Nobody is there to talk about fucking watermelon water. Like she actually thought that she should 
small talk me before doing the work. That's inappropriate. So she does that. And then she's typing and I'm not sure what she's doing. And then she stops typing and looks up at me and she goes, you know, when I drink those kind of drinks, I don't always like them because I'm like, okay, so there's not many calories, but how many chemicals are in there? I'm like, I've been alive on the planet Earth 30 years longer than you, I bet. I know about chemicals. And that's what's frustrating talking to younger people. And God bless you all. But I'm like, yeah, we had these conversations. You know what I mean? It's like when I watched girls and someone got an AIDS test. I'm like, yeah, we did this already. <laughs> we did on Sex in the City. And it's like, I know that young people have to have their own experiences and you have shows for your people. I totally get it. But I'm like, please don't talk to me about how something low calorie has lots of chemicals, which is just as bad for you. Like, we know. We know. So anyway, she's, she's going on and on. And I'm like... I don't mean to be rude. Are you, is the car coming? And she's like, oh, let me check. I'm like, I had to keep reminding her to do her job. And I was like, I know I'm not being rude. Like, oh, so this is the best part if you want to talk about hashtag humbling. So I drive to the hotel. So now, every, I thought I was going to be walking into a ghost town. I thought nobody was going to come to the show, that everyone who bought tickets would cancel, blah, blah, blah. So I get there. I get to my hotel. I was at the Kimpton Sawyer Hotel in Sacramento. I love a Kimpton. Well, the Kings are playing the Lakers. And I didn't know that the Kings and Lakers had this crazy rivalry. For me, growing up, I always thought it was the Knicks and the Lakers. And then also the Celtics and the Lakers. I never heard that Sacramento and LA had this huge rivalry. But I haven't been paying attention to basketball since the 80s, clearly. So I didn't know. So they're playing a game at 7, which is when my show is right next door. I'm right next door to the basketball, I was going to say museum. (laughs) Don't dribble that ball too close to that vase. It's from ancient Egypt. God, we should never have opened this basketball museum. What a terrible idea. Oh, he got a three-pointer. Um, so I'm right next door. So there's all these people. So people are allowed to valet park at the hotel if they want to go to the game or go to some, there was some pregame event in the lobby of the hotel, of my hotel. And I pulled up and the guy was like, you can't park here. I was like, I'm a guest and this is my rental car. And he's like, oh, okay, you can, but you have to wait for these people to get out of the way. And I was like, how long will that take? He's like, I'm not sure. I'm like, can you tell them to pull over so I can pull in? I have one hour. I got there at 4.45 and I had to be at the venue at 5.30 and I had to shower, change, put on my makeup, like unpack my bags, get all the merchandise Look, I had a stuff. I had a stuff to do. So I go to check in and I had called the hotel that morning and asked for uh, a possible early check in or at least an on time one. But my plane was late, so it didn't matter anyway. And so I was confident that at 430, my room would be ready. And I get to the counter and this young gay guy, and how do you know he's gay? Well, he told me he was gay, first of all, but he also, if we're going to... He seemed gay. Okay, so he says, um, oh, your room's not ready. And I was like, oh, but it's 4.30. He's like, yeah, it might be around 6, though. Like, just acting like this is normal, not like, oh, I'm so sorry, this is not normal. I was like, no, no, I'm here for an event, not this basketball shit. And I, I need to shower and change and be in my room. But like, it's just that can't, this is not an option. I was like, I will pay anything. To, to if you want to upgrade me to a suite for four million, I'll pay it. But put me in a, a a closet, like anything. Is there anything you can do? 
And I said, and I even called earlier today. And he was like, no, I see. He goes, oh, I see your name here, Jen Kirkman. He's like, yeah, I saw your name. Um, I said, he's like, what's your name? I said, Jen Kirkman. He goes, oh, oh yeah, I saw your name. It was, um, it was highlighted here. He's like, I record. He's like, I recognized your name from other things. And so I thought he meant he recognized me because he's like, I don't know anything about basketball. So I'm like, here's this young gay guy, knows nothing about basketball, says he recognizes my name from other things, but I could tell he's probably being polite and doesn't want to annoy the performer in the hotel. Give me my privacy. This is what I'm thinking. So I said, I am so sorry that I was just so rude to you. And he's like, no, you actually really weren't rude. I'm like, well, you're just saying that because you like me. He's like, and he kind of, I remember him, he looked at me weird, like, like you. You know, I didn't say it because you're a fan, but that's kind of what I meant. And I said, I am just the least funny comedian right now because I am just so stressed out and it's not your fault. I know this is a shit show. And I was like, but if there's anything you can do, like, you know, he's like, nope, I just was able to move you around to this other room and it's just a little whatever. I said, I can't thank you enough. He's like, there's free wine in the lobby. Go get a glass. Like, you need it. Like, relax. He's like, take a whole bottle. Tell them to put it on me. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I don't want any wine. I'm fine. Thank you, though. He was so sweet. So I said, again, I'm really sorry if I was like, he's like, you were you just stressed. You weren't rude at all. I was like, okay. And uh, he was like, bye, Jen Kirkman. I was like, bye. So I was like, oh, he's 100% a fan of mine. So I had a book in my room. So I signed a book to him and I had a download card of my album. Speaking of which, my album, Just Keep Living, it went to number one on iTunes. Thank you guys. Now it's back down, not to, but that's okay. You can buy it on iTunes or Amazon. It's $9.99 and it has 17 extra minutes of bonus material. Or you can buy it directly from my wonderful, amazing uh, record label, a special thing records. I was their very first album when they decided to become a label. It was these really two awesome guys, Matt Belknap and Ryan McMenamin, and they ran a message board for alternative comedy fans. And like people would write about all the shows going on in Los Angeles and New York. And then they wanted to turn it into something and they turned it into a special thing records. And now they have over uh, a little under a hundred artists and they have a hundred albums total. Some people have multiple albums. And I was their 100th album, just this past one. So it's really special. And they're they are just such wonderful, good fucking guys. Like, these are some of the good guys out there. And uh, Matt co-hosts Never Not Funny with Jimmy Pardo. So anyway, th- they're amazing. But if you buy it directly from them, you get the download card mailed to you with a free signed poster from me. So go to Jen Kirkman and click comedy albums and you can buy all that. So anyway, I give him a download card. I sign the book. I write a note saying, I'm really sorry again if I stressed you out. Uh, thank you so much. And if you don't have these already, I hope you enjoy it. So I go down to the lobby and I hand him the book and the download card. And I said, just a thank you from me. And he was like, oh, thanks. But he was like busy helping someone. I'm like, I won't bother you. So I, I leave and I go to the gig. Now, it was one time I was on an airplane and the flight attendant was like, I, I don't but I love you on Twitter. I, I just love everything you do. And I was like, I had a, one of my books in my bag and I was like, do you have my book? She's like, no. I'm like, here. And I signed it for her. And she was like, oh my God. So I'm always like, wouldn't it be fun if I like carried my book around <laughs> just in case I got recognized. So I thought that that was kind of a moment that was happening with me. That, so I come back from the show later and I come through the lobby and now there's no one in the lobby. And I'm like, 
thank you so much for everything. Um, I, I didn't want to assume you wanted my gift, but just my little way of saying thank you. He goes, I love, if, if it's not cash, then I love the gifts that people give me and I'll definitely check out your work. And I go, oh, did you not know my work before? He goes, no, but I'm always willing to look at new. I go, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. When you said you recognize my name from other things, I thought you were saying you recognized me. And he's like, no. He's like, I just recognize your name from there. Yeah, there was a note there um, because people had indicated that you had called and that you're like a whatever tier member of this hotel chain. And I was like, oh. So he said other things. It's like, I'm not going to get into explaining why I saw your name on a piece of paper because it's like work explanation. I thought he was trying to be discreet and be like, I won't bring up who you are. I was so fucking humiliated. I'm basically the equivalent of those guys on the street in Vegas who are like, check out my rap album. I'm just like, oh, and hand you a, D- a CD. Oh my God. <laughs> so, and when he was just like, besides cash, and I was like, oh my God. And it was one of those things too where I just like, I didn't know what to do. So I was like, Maybe I'll leave him cash. And then I was like, oh, now it's just getting ridiculous. So I didn't. But I feel so dumb that I just gave this guy a fucking signed book as though I made his day. And I swear to God, that's why it's always better for me to just err on the side of nobody knows me because I feel like such a narcissist monster after something like that happens. It's like, I'm not really like this, but I guess I am. Whenever you're like, I'm not really like this, it's like, you might think you're not, but you just did the thing. So maybe you are. Um, why are people, don't email me that you want to collaborate with me. Like it's never happening. I don't even know how people find my fucking emails. I mean, I kind of do. Um, anyway, yeah. So this was hashtag humbling. I mean, I can't believe it. Oh my God. So people, you're going to shit yourself. I have new sponsors today. Women, listen to me. And I'm not even fucking kidding. You need to get into Everlane. It's a clothing company. Go to everlane.com, E-V-E-R-L-A-N-E.com and, you know, slash fun. So If you're looking for basics like t-shirts, cashmere sweaters, boots, flats, heels, they make the most comfortable shoes. And I have a bunion and these work for me. I am obsessed with Everlane. I was like, I'm buying everything. So, you know, look, would you buy a t-shirt for 50 bucks if you knew it only cost seven bucks to make? No. With Everlane, you never overpay for quality clothes. Everlane only makes premium essentials using the finest materials without traditional markups. And they tell you the real cost so you know you're never overpaying. Yeah, because I was looking on the site. I was like, wait, cashmere for under 100 bucks? Like, I can't believe this. Everlane sells directly to you. Their prices are 30 to 50% lower than traditional retailers. It's really true. So those other stores, we won't name names that sell basics, they are ripping you the F off. And Everlane's clothes look better, cost less, and last longer. And I can vouch for that. You, you, you feel like you're getting grown-up, real adult clothes made of nice things, you know, and they're very sturdy. Um, what I really love is the uh, 
100% human box cut tea. I love their, um, they have these amazing, well, like I just said, they have something called the day heel and the day glove, which is, which is a shoe. Um, the high rise skinny jean. And I love, love, love the cashmere, uh, crew sweater. It's, and they have bags as well. And, uh, and I'm sorry I said women. They have men's things too. The human tea, the weekender bag, slim fit jeans, the men's Japanese Oxford. There's a ton of options for men. The reason I said women is because I am a women's. And it's hard to find t-shirts that look cool and sexy and nice on women. And I'm telling you, Everlane. Right now you can check out their personalized collection at everlane.com fun and you will get free shipping on your first order. So... E-V-E-R-L-A-N-E dot com slash fun. They create timeless styles using only the finest materials like wool's cashmere, Pima cotton. They use ethical factories around the world so you can feel confident about how you look and where your clothes come from. They've got luxurious Italian leather shoes, silk tops, cotton tees. You know you are getting quality and transparent pricing. So let's do it right now. Everlane.com slash fun. Free shipping on your first order. Perfect, people. And I love it. And I have a bunch of their stuff. And I'm, it's basically like going to be my new go-to place. Because I'm getting really into dressing in more of a basic way. Not that I don't love my fun, outrageous clothes. But that can't be for every day. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So everyone's always asking me about my skin. So let me tell you that I have all kinds of skincare products, but I'm a skincare slut and it's kind of important to try new things. So whatever you've got going on now, I want to introduce you to Curology, okay? Because I have adult acne. It's completely under control now, but I like to use products that address that so that it don't come back, okay? So I'm going to talk to you about Curology, C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com slash fun. So here's the deal. 62% of women think it's very important to use skincare tailored to their unique needs. But drugstore acne care is a one-size-fits-all. It is, and it's bad for your skin. Curology is personalized acne care, customized to you and your skin's unique needs, and mixed by an expert just for you. It's a one-step skincare routine, literally completely customized to you. No scheduling an appointment, no copay. Don't even leave your damn house. You can connect with an online dermatology provider who will design a custom prescription acne formula to be sent right to your door. Go to Curology.com and you just answer a couple questions about your skin, take a selfie, and then their expert dermatology providers create a skincare solution just for you. It even has your name on the bottle. It's the coolest thing. Is no gimmick, no complicated routine. 88% of Curology users see results. Go to Curology.com slash fun and you're going to get your first month free plus a free gift. And you're just going to pay $4.95 for shipping and handling. That's Curology.com slash fun for your first month free plus a free gift. Curology.com slash fun. C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y dot com slash fun. And lastly, I'm traveling like a goddamn maniac today. And I have to tell you that I'm super psyched about trip actions. I know a lot of you who travel for business, most business travelers do not use their company's chosen travel management platform. Booking business travel is like completely ridiculously outdated. It's time consuming and costly. The reason trip actions work so well, it's the first travel management platform designed from the ground up 
With the Road Warrior in mind, it's easy to book your company's business travel from an app or a desktop. They have 24-7 proactive support around the globe. They have incentives for employees to save on travel expenses. Companies large and small see over 90% adoption, and they save up to 34% on travel when they use trip actions. Companies from Lyft to Sarah Lee's Frozen Bakery, they trust trip actions with their business travel. Reshape your company's business travel today with Trip Actions. Go to tripactions.com slash fun, T-R-I-P-A-C-T-I-O-N-S dot com slash fun. Complete a 30-minute demo with a Trip Actions account executive, and you'll get a $100 Amazon gift card. But it's for this month only. Tripactions.com slash fun, free demo, and a $100 gift card. Tripactions.com slash fun. Oh, my God. <coughs> I swear to God. <clears throat> I'm, I, I hurt my lungs this weekend. <sighs> anyway, so, oh, I feel like I just had so much to complain about, but I'm not going to. This hotel in Brooklyn I stayed in was more ridiculous than the William Vale, so now checking off my list, the Williamsburg Hotel will never stay there again. Like, it claims it's a five-star hotel and it's kind of expensive, but I got it for a cheaper rate because I do this... I use this website that I always use, so whatever. And then, like, I did a TV thing, so they picked up half the bill. But I just like being in that neighborhood of Williamsburg. But now I don't anymore because that particular street is just like Vegas. It's like, oons, oons. So, like, I check in or I walk in, and the guy takes my suitcases and stuff, and it's, like, really dim lighting and really cute, like, groovy, boutique-looking lobby, big staircase, beautiful bar, scented candles it smells like cedar it's amazing it's so cozy and there was a jazz quartet playing and I said oh this is awesome he's like the music gets better at night I'm like well what's better than jazz I mean I'm not sitting here like I'm Miss Jazz aficionado but I do like anything like that and I was like well what, what do you mean better like more of the same like there's six a six piece jazz band he's like no just more like music I'm like oh you mean uns uns like and I said, yeah, I hate this shit. I thought this hotel didn't have that, like all the other ones on this street do. And he just stared at me. And then um, I get into the room. It doesn't have a desk. I'm like, here we go again, dumb people hotels. And it was like so much small, like such small square footage that I was like, you know what? This isn't Europe. Like, fuck you. And But just everything was like dumber than dumb. Like every question I tried to ask, it was just people being dumb over and over like, I would. I called uh, downstairs and I said, "Hey, it's two fifteen. Are you guys done serving lunch?" And they went, "Um, we open for dinner at five. And I went, "Okay, so you're closed now? No, we're open." Okay, so what I asked was, I said, "Hey, it's two fifteen. Are you still open for lunch?" And they said, "Oh, yes, we close at three, and then we open back up around five. I said, "Okay, so that's why I was trying to have lunch. I'm not worried about what's happening at five. So can I come down and eat lunch right now? Oh, yeah, as long as you come in before three. We just stopped serving at three. I'm like, totally get it. I come downstairs. There's like a guy standing at the host station. I go, hi, one for lunch. He goes, um, he looks around. I go, do you, are you still open? He goes, I'm not sure. I go, I literally just called. Um, and the front desk said, you guys stopped serving at three. He's like, it's three that we stopped serving. I'm like, that's what I was told. He's like, let me ask. I'm like, that's your one job to just stand there and let people in. So he comes back. He's like, yeah, yeah, we're open till three. I'm like, okay. It's, it was like every two seconds, like something like that was going on, if that makes sense. And then like 
I was the only one there. And then the waiter came over, took my order, and I ordered a soup and then like a salad with some fish. He walks away, he comes back, he goes, I wasn't listening when you ordered. What was it again? I mean, at least he was honest. Um, and then just kept coming back only when food was in my mouth to ask how it was. And then, you know, I'm eating slow. I'm like reading a book and like, I'm definitely going to leave by three so that they can like, you know, but there were other people in there. And at one point I just had the book in both hands and he started to take the food away. And I was like, oh, I'm still, I was like chewing. I was like, I'm still eating. He's like, oh, sorry. And then like whenever they make a mistake like that, they never come back to the table again. And I'm like waving my arms, you know, and they like brought me the check. And I said, can I get the check? I'm, I'm going to, I'm in room 602. So, you know, print it. You know, if you get a check in a hotel restaurant, they'll just bring you a normal check. But if you want to charge it to your room, you have to say that in advance because the check looks different, right? So I said, so I'm in room 02, 602. So I'll just charge it to the room. So he comes back with just a regular bill. And I go, oh, I'm in the hotel. He goes, oh, you're a guest in the hotel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just tell me that next time up front. I'm like, I just fucking did. It was like every single second there was something weird like that. Or like I left at six in the morning one day, I came back at 3 PM and the room service, like cleaning ladies hadn't come or men housekeeping. And I call down the front and they're like, oh, and they're like, well, maybe you left your do not disturb on. I was like, well, I would have told you if I did. I didn't. And she's like, oh, okay. Well, when would you like it done? I'm like, now would be great. I was like, I was going to take a nap, but I'll just go down and uh, like take a walk somewhere. So I go, I don't care when they come. Can you just tell me when it is so I can plan that like hours or however long it takes? She's like, um, yep, no problem. And then just hung up. I was like, that's not even an answer to the question I just asked. Like, it was just that. It was just like, I'm in idiocracy. Like, it's just getting bad. I don't know. It's just spans all ages now. It's, it's this, I can't pin it on any particular group of people. It's just like the idiocracy. I just, I wanted to write a letter to the hotel and just say, like, the employees don't know what time the restaurant opens while they're standing in the restaurant. The music was so deafening at night. Like, when I came in, um, after having dinner with a friend and it was like the midterms and I opened the, the guy opens the door for me and it's just like crazy music. And I kind of made a face and he was like, he was like, what? And I was like, oh, sorry, the music's so loud. He's like, people like it like that. I was like, that's fine. I don't like, he's like, you should go down the bar and get a drink. I'm like, I literally can't even hear my own thoughts. And there was no one down there. Like nobody was liking it. I just think it's like a weird way to talk to guests. Like, well, people like it. It's like, uh, and then, um, when, oh, so when I checked in, I was in the elevator and the guy was taking me up and he's like, oh, you just missed it. We've closed the roof for the season. There's a really cool roof bar. And I go, oh, I don't really like that stuff. He's like, you can see all of Manhattan. I'm like, I totally love views of Manhattan, but there's other places I'll go for that. Like, I don't like like dance party roof pool shit. And he's like, oh, and I go, yeah, like, it's just not my scene. You know, like I like what we just walked through with the jazz and the darkness and the candles. And he was like, yeah, but people like that. We're like, I, I'm not the people. I'm not the people. I'm going to change this podcast to I'm not fun. Like, cause I don't even seem fun anymore. That was, that was based on when I had jobs where I had to present myself as like fun loving and <laughs> oh God. But you know, one thing that I do love, one thing that I do love people is this story that came and went, or it came and got buried about the aliens that have landed. Um, because it was like, you know, Trump was nuking Ohio and we were busy. So this happened six days ago. Um, I mean, it's just crazy to me that this is not news. I always feel like though, no matter what's going on, 
even if we're at total world peace, I feel like alien stories always get swept under the rug. Like CNN or the Washington Post or whatever, whatever you read, Bloomberg, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, they might print the story that scientists have told them something about, you know, we think there might be something out there. And then they just print it and then that's it. But nobody on the news talks about it. I don't know if they feel like they'll look stupid or whatever, but it's not, to me, it's it's the cosmos. It's the great unexplained thing. I don't think people should shy away from it, from reporting it. But I feel like even if they did, it would be annoying. Like, <laughs> crazy news, Bill. They say there's aliens. Oh, well, that should explain why my lawn was, uh, I don't know. I couldn't even think of what a newscaster would say. But anyway, these Harvard scientists, they're from fucking Harvard, dude. You know, they think they're better than us. You know, they probably don't go to Dunkin's. They probably do some slow pour coffee or whatever they do at Harvard. But, you know, I got to admit, they're fucking smart. They were like wicked nerds in school. They never partied. You know, they never played sports. And I think they're just like wicked into science. So let's see what they have to say. God, this podcast wasn't funny enough today. It just wasn't. My sister texted me the other day like, who's the live, laugh, love lady again? I'm like, oh my God, I have to bring her back. She's not been talking enough. I feel like she'd have some things to say about Christmas. So let's read this article. It's from CNN.com, but it's everywhere. It was also on um, Live Science. Let's read Live Science. USA Today, Boston Globe. Okay. Harvard scientists say aliens may explain bizarre interstellar object Omauma, but probably not. It's spelled O-U-M-U-A-M-U-A. Um, O-U-M-U-A-M-U-A. 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 Sorry. Uh, O-U-M-U-A-M-U-A. It reminds me of that song. You know what I'm talking about. Do you know what I'm talking about? Or am I 100 years old? This song. Oh, that's like a punk version. What's the like real version? The Rivingtons. Here we go. Oh, get out of here. I'm sick of clicking things. Where is this? That's a great band, the Rivingtons. I'm going to download that song. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? I'm going to put it on a mix or something. What else am I doing in my life? The Rivingtons. Go to my Apple Music or whatever the fuck it is that I do. Um, I hate when the store isn't working. Hello? Hello? Anybody home? Am I just imitating Pee Wee Herman now as though that's like a cool thing to do? Oh my God, she's officially too old to podcast. Okay, here we go. The Rivingtons. I think iTunes is like the what? We don't have that. Uh, why don't they have it? The Rivingtons. Come on, people. Oh, here it is. I'm buying that song, bitch. I bet they have other good songs. Let's look up the Rivingtons. 
This is called Deep Water. Then there's Mama Ooh Mau Mau. You are my sunshine. Oh, I remember that. Slipping and sliding, I remember this. Oh, and they did Birds the Word. Were they the originals? I like the Rivingtons. I want to know a grip. I love that kind of dun 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 dun. I'm buying the whole album. Oh. Sorry. All right, let's read the article. Harvard scientists say aliens may explain the bizarre interstellar object, oh, you mama, oh, your mama. I'm calling it, oh, your mama. And then it says parentheses, but probably not. They always do this. They say something that makes me think, yes, there's aliens. And then they're like, maybe not, though. It's like, then what is it? Then what is it? You can't just say something isn't and then act like it's okay to do that. Oddball, okay, so it's this unusual rock that had an unusual acceleration during the flyby of when it was flying by the earth. And it almost looks like a turd. It looks like the scene in Caddyshack where they find the baby Ruth in the pool. It looks like that. Oddball space rock. Omwamwa. Wait, I have to decide how I'm going to say it. O U muamwa. How about omama? How about oimama? I'm going to call it oimama. Oddball space rock, Oi Mama, discovered over a year ago, is the first interstellar object to visit our solar system, and it is unlike any comet or asteroid observed before. But does that mean that intelligent aliens created it? A new study examining Omama's orbit hints that they might have. I know I've already changed the pronunciation because I can't remember what I said the first time. A new study examining Omama's orbit hints that they might have created it. Two astronomers with the Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics recently took a closer look at the cigar-shaped object's unusual acceleration during its trip through our solar system to figure out what may have caused the unexpected boost in the object's motion. Such acceleration during orbit is characteristic of comets because their icy bodies evaporate, expelling water vapor that propels the objects. But prior analysis of Omama, which means messenger from afar arriving first in Hawaiian, suggested that the strange object was no comet. This implies that fact that other factors shaped Omama's trajectory, the scientists reported in a new study. They found that pressure from solar radiation could propel Omama if the object or part of it is thin enough and strong enough to act as a type of light sail, which generates propulsion using solar energy. Okay, so what does that mean? 
They found that pressure from solar radiation could propel the object or part of it if it's thin enough and strong enough to act as a type of light sail. So if the object is thin enough and strong enough, pressure from solar radiation could sort of move it along. So this thing, you know, it's almost like a surfboard that skims over the water, which generates propulsion using solar energy. Such a structure could have formed naturally, but it could also represent a light sail of artificial origin crafted by intellectual, intelligent extraterrestrials, wrote the researchers. However, that conclusion is just one of the possibilities presented in the new study published online October 26 in the preprint journal ARXIV, uh, oh, that's probably Roman numerals, I'm too tired, and submitted to the Astrophysical Journal Letters. Even when Oyumama still resided in our cosmic neighborhood, it has now zipped beyond the reach of our telescopes. Scientists were investigating if it might represent an alien spacecraft. Astronomers in Australia pointed a powerful telescope. Ah, get out of here. Okay, sorry. There was this pop-up ad about a certain kind of bug that freaks me out, and it was just playing in the corner, and I was about to have a breakdown. Okay, so even when Oumama still resided in our cosmic neighborhood, it has now zipped beyond the reach of our telescopes. Scientists were investigating if it might represent an alien spacecraft. Astronomers in Australia pointed a powerful telescope at the 1,300-foot-long Oumama to see if they could detect radio transmissions that would indicate signs of life on board the object or ship. But only silence came back. That was previously reported by Live Science, which is what I'm reading. As the visiting Oumama left our solar system, images showed that the object was speeding up, but other images captured it passing close to the sun and showing no trailing tail and no halo of vapor, something that astronomers would expect to see in a water-releasing comet. Vapor off-gassing when a comet swings close by the sun also affects such an object's spin but Omama's spin appeared unchanged as it accelerated. Okay, so then it's not natural, you fucks. I mean, I didn't even have to go to Harvard, and I get it. Whatever Omama is, it certainly didn't behave like a comet, the study authors reported. But if it didn't get a boost from evaporating ice, how did the object speed up? Fucking aliens stepping on that gas. Let's get the fuck out of here. They looked down. And they saw what was going on all over the world. And they were just like, bye. They saw like Costco from space. And they're like, these people are tacky. Stop it. I love Costco. That's where I go to buy the food that I feed my family with. I'm sorry we can't all be rich bitches who go to vintage clothing stores in Brooklyn. But you can't eat a denim romper. You know what? Live, laugh, love. You know, that's what I say. I try not to get stressed out when rich bitches and people from Holly Weird bother me. But sometimes I just get so angry thinking about them. I just have to look at my live, laugh, love sign. And then I remember that it's all about family. It's all about living. It's all about laughing. It's all about loving. Well, thanks, live, laugh, love lady. I still don't know how I haven't even released this podcast yet. And she somehow hears it in her cubicle. It's amazing. Okay, so, but if it didn't get a boost from evaporating ice, how did the object speed up? The likeliest explanation is solar radiation pressure, the force applied to an object's surface by sunlight, 
with Omama acting as a solar sail, the study said. Okay, I'll buy that. For that to work, though, the researchers... Ca- this is such a roller coaster. Every time something makes sense, they're like, but also... I'm like, oh my God. For that to work, the resource... The re- oh my God, I'm so tired. <laughs> For that to work, the researchers calculated, the so-called sail would have to be thin enough to respond to the pressures of radiation. Ladies, I just want to be thin enough to respond to the pressures of radiation. You know what I mean? Like, forget my skinny jeans. It's just like, I can't respond to the pressures of radiation if I'm bloated. Um, So it would have to be thin enough to respond to the pressures of radiation, yet durable enough to travel great distances and withstand the wear and tear that comes with flying through space. The scientists calculated that a solar sail with a thickness of about 0.01 to 0.04 inches could survive the inevitable collisions and erosion that Omama likely encountered during its long journey. If radiation pressure is the accelerating force, then Omama represents a new class of thin interstellar material, the scientists said. Well, that's kind of cool, at the very least. But there's also a chance that Omama's novel structure was crafted deliberately, the researchers added. One possible scenario is that Omama is a bit of light sail debris broken off from an advanced form of extraterrestrial technology drifting aimlessly in space. Or maybe it was sent here on purpose, the scientists added. A more exotic scenario is that Omama may be a fully operational probe sent intentionally to Earth vicinity by an alien civilization, the study authors wrote. Because the opportunity to capture images or samples of Omama is long gone, its likely origin and mechanical properties could only be deciphered by searching for other objects of its type in the future, the researchers concluded. So it came and went out of our universe. Will we see it again? We don't know. We're looking for other ones just like it. I love how we think that when things come into our atmosphere that they were definitely trying to come to Earth. Like maybe they got lost. You know what I mean? Maybe they actually aren't just sitting around thinking about us. The other thing is, if it is what they were saying, this this light, you know, that, that it was sort of being propelled by solar energy, well, couldn't that be the way that we have solar energy, that the aliens built a thing that they knew would be propelled by the solar t- sail, I guess? I don't know. What am I? A Harvard researcher? I'm just a fucking comedian. Oh, anyway, I saw the Queen, I keep saying documentary. I saw the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. And here's the deal. It was more like a Hallmark movie than it was like a big movie. You know, Um, it almost had an almost famous vibe where it just was like a little cheesy. And I know that they have to like tell a story really quickly. So, but a lot of the details were wrong. But I thought like one thing was cool that I didn't know was that Brian May, the guitarist of Queen, and he was in another band that Freddie Mercury, whose real name is like Farouk something, I forget. I didn't even know he was Pakistani, or he said he wasn't Pakistani, but I didn't know he was, uh, or what, I forget what his nationality was. Everyone kept calling him Pakistani, like in a mean way, um, and maybe, and he would also be like, I'm not, but was he Indian? Wait. Oh, Zanzibar is from Zanzibar. Okay, so um, 
you know, so it's like what I read is that Freddie would go see this band all the time and they, you know, you could hear, it's so interesting like to see the clip of the early band that wasn't Queen because Freddie wasn't in it, but you hear that very specific Brian May guitar. And so anyway, eventually their lead singer quit. Eventually Freddie had been hanging around a lot. He was friends with them. He's like, I'll join. But of course in the movie, after the gig, they're just sitting there in their van and it looked like the gig went fucking great, you know, for like a small gig. Like there were at least probably a hundred people there. And he's like, I just can't do this anymore, guys. I've got other dreams. And he just walks away. And they're like, well, we're fucked. And then Freddie Mercury walks by like, hello. And I just loved, uh, what's his face who played him? Rami Malek. Like, he was so good. And I just love anyone who's special like Freddie Mercury. He just invents himself, you know. And so flamboyant. I loved the outfits. and But it was so funny because they tried to recreate that famous party he had. I'm sure it wasn't just one time where it was like, dwarves and cocaine served off of golden platters and and like so they see that party but you don't see any of that stuff it's just like looks like a party it looks like a boring party that you've been to and that I've been to you know um and maybe Freddie's just being a little egomaniacal at the party like maybe he's wearing a crown or something but he's not acting any different than ever and it's like uh, and his band members are there with their wives and they're like Freddie you're being an asshole. And he's like, well, I mean, it really didn't make much sense to me, you know? Uh, and then after all his band members leave, because I guess he's too out of control for them, even though literally nothing out of control was happening. Freddie Mercury stands up. He's like, let's all get shit faced. And it's like, uh, shit faced is like you drinking beers. Like you're not getting shit faced. Like you're partying like a rock star with like opium. You know what I mean? It was just so like lame And then it's like years later, there's like a hint that he's been doing coke. And it's like, he's always been doing coke. And then they do that weird thing where they say that he found out he had AIDS right before Live Aid, which isn't true. He was diagnosed with AIDS in 87. And uh, so it was years after. But what I thought was awesome was this guy was clearly lip syncing, but it wasn't just that he was lip syncing the final mastered version of the song. So they obviously had Freddie's isolated vocals from rehearsals and takes. And so they would show him doing that. So it was really realistic looking, like you just felt like he was singing. And then at the end of the uh, movie, they recreated uh, the entire 20-minute Live Aid performance, which was awesome. And it brought back memories because I watched that on TV. That That's right, kids. Aunt Jen. I watched Live Aid. It was the most exciting thing in the world that ever happened. And I remember, I swear, my sister brought a TV, like one of our TVs, but I don't remember us having a TV this small. <clears throat> Or maybe she rented like a portable TV. There was some kind of situation where there was a smaller TV. And we plugged it in and opened the window and put the plug through the window and brought the TV on the front porch so we could watch Live Aid outside. And we were just blaring it. And I remember all of that. And it was, I don't know why it was so exciting. It was just, you know, every day we're connected to the world on the internet. We just don't even think of it anymore, you know. And it was really the first time that I'd seen something broadcast live from another country that I knew all these people were watching. It was, it was quite thrilling and everyone in it was amazing. 
But, you know, the movie got a lot of things wrong, which is really annoying. It's like you can still make it interesting and actually use the real facts, you know. I mean, what Freddie Mercury did at that Live Aid was it was one of the greatest performances. Like to do that medley was was ingenious. And um, but I guess they had to make it a thing like, well, it's even more incredible because he has AIDS. And it's like, you know. I wish they hadn't done this thing where he told them he had AIDS. I'm sure he was starting to feel sick at that point, but maybe they could. But of course, they show that cough. <coughs> it's I. I hate those movie coughs because then whenever I have a cough, I'm like, oh, it's Act One, and I'm going to be dead in two hours. And uh, you know, of course, like he ends up dating this guy Jim, who was one of the servants at his parties. And Jim was like, give me a call when you like yourself, Freddie. Because Freddie's like, I like you. And he's like, yeah, give me a call when you like yourself. My name's Jim Hutton. And so it shows like Freddie after his best. He did have a girlfriend for a while, then realized he was gay. And he, she stayed like his best friend. But when she called him out on, you know, something, he he went and looked through the phone book for the name Jim Hutton. And there were 30 of them. And so at the end of the movie, right as he's like on his way to Live Aid, you know, he like, knocks on the door of someone's house and he's like Jim and he's like do you know how many Jim Huttons there are and Jim's like well I was just trying to make it hard for you to find me so that I would know if it was real if if you ever did so he's like then he just like then cut to they're at Freddie Mercury's parents house which the parents played a big part in this and he's there with Jim and they're like so how do you know Jim and Freddie just grabbed Jim's hand and said he's my friend but what's so weird is Freddie gets the AIDS test in the movie before that so it's like Hi, I have AIDS. Let me go get a boyfriend. Not that you can't have a boyfriend if you have AIDS or HIV. That's not what I mean at all. But back then it was like a death sentence. And the timeline was just so odd. Like, well, I'm dying of AIDS. Let me go to Jim's house and then introduce him to my parents. And we're going to hold hands. It like happened so quickly. It was suddenly like, you're my boyfriend. And it really didn't make that much sense. Like I totally get, uh, I don't know whatever. It was weird, but it's also was fine. What I liked about it was that he had parents and he had this, from what it looked like a stable home life. And his parents just wanted him to be a doctor or something like that. And he was his own invention, you know, and I'm always fascinated when people have parents. I just think it's so interesting when people seem untouchable and then they're like at dinner with their family and you're like, oh, it's like there's a website called David Bowie doing normal things. It's like him in a phone booth, him. <laughs> it, it always fascinates me. Um, so I liked the movie because I loved hearing the music. And, you know, unlike Walk the Line where uh, Joaquin Phoenix did a great job doing Johnny Cash, it was close enough. And especially a lot of those songs have been redone by so many people. You just like the song. But with Queen, you can't have someone singing it. You know, it has to really be Queen. So it was really just exciting for me to hear all the music because their music is just some of my favorite. It's always touched my soul. I've always loved Queen. And um, it's just so silly and fun. It's just silly, fun, beautiful music. And But, you know, all those moments where they're like, no one will ever play Bohemian Rhapsody. You know, it's like, eh, sure, I'm sure that stuff happens. I'm sure that stuff did happen, but uh, I don't know. It was good. That's that's my review of uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Definitely go see it because the clothes are fun. 
There was a scene where when he met the girl that he liked, she had a fun coat on, but it wasn't that fun. I'm going to be honest. It was like a little bit suede, a little bit furry. I have way better coats. And he was like, I like your coat. And I'm like, oh my God, I was born in the wrong time. In the wrong... If only I, I don't know why I want to be Freddie Mercury's first almost wife that he left because he was gay, but I would love to be that person. And so I, I'm just like, I had better coats, Freddie. If only you'd seen them. If only you'd seen them. All right. Well, sorry for all the bitching. I don't know what's going on. I can't breathe. You know, the smoke is killing. <clears throat> uh, we'll see what happens. Keep your oxygen nearby until next week. Have fun. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.